This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you want better mental health? Then BetterHelp is for you. It is affordable, accessible, and most importantly, personalized online therapy. There is a special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash the Lucy Pod. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the Lucy Pod. I hope that you are all doing well and staying safe and behaving yourselves. I hope that you are enjoying your Easter breaks, even though this episode will be out after Easter. I'm currently recording over the Easter break, so I'm wishing you a late, uh, happy Easter or whatever rest um, from work and university for all my listeners who are at uni or are currently studying. I hope that you're taking this time to relax and to not work too hard. That's why we have holidays. They're not so you can like kill yourself with revision and homework. It's so that you can um, relax, but obviously you get a lot of holiday homework over um, uni break at time. So I hope you're using the time to relax. I am just chilling. Um, Easter's, yeah, Easter's fun. It used to be fun when I was a kid, but now it's just more of like we, I get to eat a lot, like with family, which I think is like the best part. Um, I also hope that you guys enjoyed the three-part interview that I did with my friend Claire, all about OCD and ADHD. She's a fantastic guest. Um, and fun fact, um, assuming all goes to plan and it works out, there will actually be another uh, episode that I do with Dia Lois and lovely Claire together. Um, but I won't tell you about the topic. So tune in for that. That will be coming out eventually soon. I don't know. Uh, a rough ballpark. It will be coming out soon. Um, what's been going on in my life? Um, I have a bit of sad news. Um, some people already know this. Um, I recently had to put down my childhood dog, Lily, um, Lily Chocolat. That was her full name. She was a chocolate lab. I had to put her down, um, if we're recording as of today, last, um, last week on Friday, the 8th of April. Um, I got her when I was like six or seven. So I've had her about 15 years. She was the cutest chocolate lab in the world, but unfortunately, um, she was going into surgery, um, for a cancerous lump on her face and they'd already sedated her. And whilst they were getting ready to, you know, remove the lump, they found that the cancer had spread to her lymph nodes and that it was inoperable, um, and that she was going to be in a lot of pain. So we made the decision to have her put down. She was almost 15 years old and that was very sad I'm still very sad um she's my girl I know people a lot of people who don't have pets or who don't really like pets or animals uh, are like it's a dog and while at the end of the day it is just a dog it is just a cat it is just that they do become a sort of companion a member of the family and it's very normal to be very upset um after your dog dies but I got to be with her in her last moments which was really really nice um and so that's yeah that that's kind of what's happened in my life. I'm sure people who are listening who have had much more fun week um, than I, but yeah, that's just what's going been going on. I was going to do an episode about 
ADHD and grief, but I thought like that's just getting a bit too much. Like every event that happens to me, I can't link it back to ADHD. Like, oh, I felt tired. ADHD and energy levels. I mean, that's relevant, but I thought, you know, ADHD and grief, it's a very heavy episode and I kind of want to make it lighthearted because that's the way I like to do things. So we're bringing it back with an ADHD decoded uh, episode. And today we're going to be analyzing the lovely Maria Von Trapp from the movie musical, The Sound of Music. Obviously, we're not uh, talking about the actual individual because Sound of Music is uh, loosely based on a true story and Maria Von Trapp is a real amazing person. We're not referring to her. We're just referring to the woman in the movie played by the lovely Julie Andrews. So Sound of Music is a beautiful classic tale about the Von Trapp family. Mum's not around. Dad hires a governess. A governess is a fancy word for a live-in nanny, babysitter, au pair. Um, and she is the lovely Miss Maria Von Trapp who is a nun she is at a she's at a nunnery a convent and as we know she is very clumsy loud silly wily um and he's always getting into trouble and he's always getting told off in fact the song how do you catch a cloud you know how do you sing a song about maria you know how do you catch a cloud and pin it down um, basically saying like how do you calm someone down like maria so maria is the perfect example for me, in my opinion, of a woman with hyperactive type ADD, ADHD, um, that's kind of ignored because we kind of view boys as being hyperactive with ADHD. Like we never have like girls, it's if they're ADHD at all, because girls don't, you know, get ADHD, don't, they don't get diagnosed with ADHD. But if by any chance, you know, we recognize that girls are ADHD, we always say, oh, well, she's more of the inactive type because we kind of like assign the hyperactive type to boys because boys naturally societally are expected to be exuberant, boisterous and loud. So Maria's kind of like the exception in all of this. She is, you know, super exuberant. She's always late. She isn't suited to the life of a nun. So I think that's a really interesting thing that they did there. I don't know if they did on purpose, but like going off of the movie and going off of traditional aspects of what you think of as a convent, and I'm not making a judgment, but you know, a convent, it's somewhere, you know, a place where one is in deep reflection. You are quiet, you are, you know, poised, you are proper, you are well-behaved contrasted with Maria's behavior, she's really not suited, but she's perfect as a governess. And she's a music teacher to these seven, you know, children. Um, and I think it proves that people with ADHD do really well in positions that suit them. And people are like, well, that's for anyone. But here's the thing. Even if you're, let's say you're not ADHD and you're not particularly strong in an area, you may not have as much trouble as someone with ADHD. That's not to say that, you know, neurotypicals don't struggle. But when you put someone with ADHD in a position that plays to their strengths, they tend to give it even more because people with ADHD really have struggled with determination and pulling through. So when you give someone with ADHD a difficult task, they're super reluctant to do it because they know they're not good at it. They've got it in their head that they're not going to get good at it. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. Whereas if you put them in something that it's like, oh, this is what I can do. This is my jam. They tend to excel and shine. And I think that this is really true when we look at, um, you know, Maria. I mean, the minute the movie opens, she's in nature singing, you know, her soul out. Um, and she's, you know, singing to the birds and the squirrels. She's like, she's like Snow White and she's having a ball. 
Um, and she's having so much fun on this. She's hyper-focusing so much that she misses mass at church again because she doesn't have any sort of like time awareness. She's time blind. So while she's having fun with the squirrels, being a Disney princess, mass is happening because she forgot. She forgot. Because people with ADHD, what happens is we have something, we don't have prospective memory, the executive function that's basically remembering to remember. So for us, it happens too late. It's either we're told, hey, you were late, and then you go, oh, now I remember. Or when it's already over, you yourself go, oh, crap, I forgot to remember to remember that. Um, and especially if we're in the middle of hyper-focusing um, and we're meant to remember to do something in the middle of that hyper-focusing, doesn't happen. We're either hyper-focusing or thinking about something else. And when you're deep in hyper-focus, nothing else really matters. You know, the toaster could be burning. Um, you know, there could be the fire alarm going off and you are just in your own little bubble. And that is a perfect example of what um, Maria did. And then I think the way in which the sisters, you know, the nuns respond to her um, is really interesting. You know, they're very outraged because, you know, missing church is very problematic, I would assume, in a convent. I feel like, you know, you had one job, Maria, to like show up to church and you didn't. And of course, you know, they refer to Maria as a child, a problem. Um, they find her confusing, but she's also really likable. Like, even though she's annoying and she like mucks up, you look at her and obviously this is also because like Julie Andrews is a doll. You go, oh, but she's just so charming. <laughs> like she's so likable. Um, and she's really energetic. She's enthusiastic and she makes the nuns laugh and she's fun to be around. And they say that her penitence is real, um, which is funny. And they say that she's late all the time, up in the air, and she doesn't learn from her mistakes, which is a big thing with people from with ADHD. A lot of the time, people with ADHD will repeat an action even though it's not desired, wanted, or acceptable um, because we miss that executive function. That's why a lot of kids with ADHD, um, you know, let's say in younger years in primary school, you know, they're told if you get up from your seat, you're going to go to the naughty corner. People with ADHD think, okay, well, what if I just get up from my seat like a little bit after? Like it won't get me into trouble. And they keep doing it and they keep doing it. And it's not because they want to be revolting or like purposefully disobedient. It's just we don't have that muscle in our brain. We we just don't. Um, we learn it, but it takes a while. Um, so Maria's, you know, behavior, they uh, label it as her being a flibbering tibbit, which is a muck up word. Um, and it's basically, I think, like someone who's just off the planet, like a fiddling, messy individual. And they say, they describe her as like holding a moonbeam in your hand. Like she's just impossible to understand. And I think that the nun's confusion towards Maria and giving her all these labels is how we treat a lot of girls with ADHD. Like we just don't know what to do with them. Like I think in the world, and then we're going to get into another like whole conversation about women and womanhood and how women are treated. But I think societally, when women present themselves with having a problem, now we can't just call it hysteria. Like long, long time ago when a woman would say, you know, I have a headache or I'm feeling sad, it was put down to like, you're hysterical. And we didn't do a lot of research on women's bodies. We just labeled them as hysterical. We didn't do a lot of research onto women's psyches and we're still catching up. So when women nowadays come forward, even though, you know, the system's a lot better, we still have a really hard time taking them. And like, 
we kind of they get dumped in our lap and we go okay well what do we do with this woman like she's not insane we can't label her as insane like what do we call this that's why a lot of women face challenges in the health industry um you know being misdiagnosed missing out on things because we don't we don't know. They are very difficult to understand. And when you've got a girl with ADHD, it's like there wasn't any research done. A lot of DSM-5 testing was designed for men. A lot of stuff is designed for men. So when we get women who are ADHD or women who are autistic, it's like, what do we do with you now? Like, you're really complicated to understand. You're very, very, you're very difficult to get. Um, And that's why I think, you know, even though, it was crappy. I think that's why a lot of the teachers in my primary school had a bit of a hard time with me. Obviously, they had other issues and weren't very well trained in just being a teacher in general. No shade. But I think also the fact that a lot of their other students were male and male students, you know, were autistic, ADHD. They knew how to do it. But when I presented myself, it was like, oh, my God, like you're not like other girls in the sense that like she's very loud. She's very bossy she isn't sort of this meek persona and she's off the planet. Like, why isn't she behaving like other children would do? Um, and I kind of see that with Maria. Like, the nuns really don't know what to do with her. Um, even though what she's doing isn't bad or hysterical or terrible, um, you can imagine in a convent at that time period, um, given what they knew about women and mental illness, you can imagine that Maria was this sort of moonbeam um, trying to hold a moonbeam in your hand. She was insane. Um, but I think that the nuns kind of um, show themselves because as I think in any religious position, you should not judge. And they kind of judge Maria a lot. Uh, I feel like the convent should have been a safe place for her where you accept, you know, the weak, the lowly, the different, the tall, the short, and they judge Maria. They're not very nice to her, even though they're charmed by her. They're not... Um, they're not lovely. And then you've got that song, you know, how do you catch a clown and pin it down? Um, how do you solve a problem like Maria? I think um, is a shame because she's not a problem. Like her behavior is posing a problem, right? Like she's late to church. She's off the planet, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But she herself, she's a nice, charming, energetic. She herself isn't a problem. And instead of saying, how do we help someone like Maria? They're like, how do we solve a problem like Maria? Will I get copyrighted if I include that? Mm, I wonder. We'll, we'll see. Um, Trent, maybe add in like a bit of the, you know, sound of music. Music? And we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, so moving on from her journey in the uh, convent, then she's assigned to be, you know, at the von, with the Von Trapp family. And you, we see Mr. Von Trapp, who's played by the gorgeous, late uh, Christopher Plummer, who's just, oh, he's beautiful. You see he's this very, you know, I mean, he's a widow, so obviously he's sad, but he's this very sort of stern, cold man. And Maria kind of bursts, <laughs> bursts in. A lot of people with ADHD do that. Like, we know how to read the room, but we don't care. So we'll, like, you know, burst into room and it's like, hello! And there's no such thing as, like, you know, an inside voice or, you know, reading people's facial expressions and going, hey, they're not interested in like listening to that. So she kind of bursts in. She's this, 
she's this ray of sunshine and you know she's greeted by all these children and she's charmed by them she really kind of falls in love with these kids and I want to say something I don't know if this is true for other people with ADHD but for me I really adore children like I really do I think they're fantastic and I want to have them on my own I love tutoring kids I love babysitting children well obviously if they're babies um and I find that I don't relate to children like I don't think I could be mates with a kid like I think that that's weird but like I relate to children and they're sort of like oh, I don't want to sound like a wanker but like joie de vivre like kids are so fun and they kind of match your ADHD level so like you know how some people would get bored of playing with a kid like playing a make-believe game like they're over it like an adult you know person my age be like okay it's cute but I don't want to play Barbies for me I love doing all of that energetic fun stuff. I find it very enjoyable. So I get along well with children because they're not judging me. I'm not judging them for being off the planet. Like we kind of just, we vibe. So she immediately is drawn to these kids that she's charmed by them. You know, you've got the little gorgeous one with her cheeks. She really takes to these kids and she sees that she has no experience in being a governess. She doesn't know what to do. But being a girl with ADHD, she improvises. So what can we do to make things fun? Well, I'm going to teach you how to sing. I don't know how to put you to sleep after thunderstorms. I'm not trained in that. I'm going to sing a song for you. We're going to be musical. We're going to be creative. Let's go out on the boat. Oh, my God, we fell in. Instead of, like, you know, I don't know, finding another boring solution going home, let's make your clothes out of drapes you see like that ingenuity that improvisation it's just nice and fun and a lot of people are thinking you're just pinning like ADHD on characters who are likable um and maybe that is the case but I feel like just Maria is a really big example of like a creative ADHD gal um and just seeing her interact with the children and just the musicality um kind of brings me to the angle of you know relating to Maria how does creativity and how do the arts help people with ADHD. So obviously people with ADHD can strive in any domain. They can strive in, you know, the political, scientific, creative, trade, you know, physical, whatever. We we can really do anything. However, art in the arts, which can be, you know, from writing, reading, singing, it can be anything. We really do um like excel in that area and I think that's why like art art therapy and music is used for a lot of people um, as a form of treatment and assistance because art is very very amazing um, and very healing and I know that sounds wanky but it's an outlet for a lot of people so you can imagine for people with ADHD who aren't necessarily very well understood who struggle with conventional methods art is a way for them to express themselves um, so I, I did a bit of research and I was I found like some of the main talking points about ADHD and creativity is that people with ADHD, you know, we tend to be distracted, okay, unless we're hyper-focused. Um, and studies actually suggest a possible benefit to this. So kids with ADHD have trouble tuning out other things in their environment, may find all those... Um, that all those elements combine into interesting ways and that can lean into ideas. And researchers in one study, they asked a group of um, college students with and without ADHD about how they preferred to approach problems. And those with ADHD were more likely to enjoy coming up with new ideas. And those without ADHD were even more likely to enjoy using or developing existing ideas. So that's the idea of ingenuity. So Maria, like 
if we replaced Maria with a neurotypical, like she probably wouldn't have sung them that song. She probably would have written them a story or like gone and asked Mr. Von Trapp, like, what do you do to get them to bed? Where Maria's like, let's come up with a new thing. Let me sing them a story. Let me sing them a story. Let me sing them a song instead of telling them a story. Um, this other study also found that students with ADHD also performed better in certain subject areas than those without it. Um, and that included like the arts, creative writing, science discovery and architecture, um, which is, I think, very pertinent. And then when we get into like the ADHD and ADHD in the arts, there's a lot of actors, musicians and other types of artists with ADHD. Um, you've got Will I Am, the founder of uh, Black Eyed Peas. Um, who else have you got? I think Emma Watson's ADHD. She came forward and like said she takes Ritalin. Um, who else? Justin Timberlake. Um, who's that other bloke who's like on American Idol or something? He's ADHD. Um, you've got just a lot of individuals. <laughs> How terrible. I can't like name them at the top of my head, but they're really far. Like we don't hear about it. Like you hear more about celebrity scandals than like Emma Watson talking about her experience being ADHD. Um, but I think the thing that needs to be said when talking about ADHD in the arts and how we excel, having talent and art, you know, and having artistic success aren't the same thing. Like, I'm not saying that because you're ADHD, you're going to become like Will I Am or anything. Um, and there's no research to suggest that like innate artistic abilities are tied to ADHD. Um, but I would beg to differ. No. Um, in other words, like having ADHD doesn't make you an especially talented musician or painter. However... The arts, because it is so broad, because anyone can do it, it is so open, it, it becomes an outlet for people with ADHD. And if you happen to be ADHD and also be strong in the arts, then you win. And I think it also comes to the fact that like people with ADHD are often risk takers. We don't have that muscle in our brain that's like, should I be worried? And therefore like pursuing a creative career requires putting yourself out there, facing rejection, you know, career failure. In other words, you got to take those risks. And I think a lot of people with ADHD are willing to do that. Like they roll with the punches. And I think the positive thing about that as well is that if you're ADHD, you know, you hyper fixate, you hyper focus. So you hyper focus on things that you're interested in. So that means that you can really hone in and zero in on developing your craft. I think that's a really beautiful quality. I think I did an episode on this, you know, the benefits and, and sort of disadvantages of being ADHD. And I think one of them is the intent passion for one thing, whilst it can be really detrimental when, you know, you're meant to be studying and you're only focusing on one aspect of one subject, you know, you're missing out on everything else. But when it comes to creative endeavors or, or, or just, you know, leisure endeavors, just fun things, it can be really great. Like, you know, I had a hyper fixation on singing and voice. It was one of my, it is one of my great joys. So I've honed that in and I'm a, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty good singer. You know, I do it. It's, I did it at school, did it in uni, you know, it's something that I've been able to develop. And I think that that's really nice. And I think watching Maria, you really see her kind of come into her own. You see her as this, you know, who started off as this, you know, disorganized in the clouds, nun. It wasn't her thing. There's nothing wrong with being a nun, but it just wasn't for her. And then you see her just kind of vibe with these children as a governess. She's putting on puppet shows. She's creative. She's smart. She's fun. I I think um, that that really kind of exemplifies a beautiful example of uh, ADHD 
in woman in women in womanhood um and creativity and coming into your own and how you know a lot of girls with ADHD start off a bit awkward and they have a rough time in school and have a rough time making friends but then slowly slowly given the right support if we just gave them the right support they would actually be able to grow into their own so I think seeing that on screen should be proof that it you can treat people with ADHD well and when you give them the tools and the resources and the space to do so they grow up to be fantastic individuals like the Maria von Trapps of the world like the Henrietta Hubbles of the world who become talented witches do you know what I mean like I think if we just like treated people well they would feel more comfortable and they would be more able to succeed but that's just me so I think fostering creativity with ADHD is so important I think that you know there's a lot of struggle that a lot of people with ADHD struggle with translating their ideas into reality and people with ADHD often like struggle you know with we struggle with planning managing time and and following through with kids you know following through with kids throw following through on tasks and I think when you encourage people with ADHD to put this to thought like hey you're having a hard time expressing this idea why don't you write a story about it why don't you write it down in dot points for me why don't you do it as a song why don't you show it to me in the form of a movie why don't you do this I think is so beneficial like for example kids with ADHD might be bubbling with ideas for like a short story for creative writing tasks but they might not remember the ideas long enough to write them down. So I think it's really important to create spaces um, that don't make kids feel crappy about that. And I, I had a really um, great teacher in grade two. Um, she was lovely. She, she understood me and she kind of had this uh, Steiner approach to teaching and she just had a very empathetic approach. And um, I remember we were meant to be writing a... Um, an essay about something. I can't remember what it was. Let's say the essay was about how important it is to recycle, whatever. And I was really, really struggling with putting my ideas on paper. I, I, I didn't know how to do that analytical structure. So she said to me, I want you to hop on the PC, on the computer, and I want you to write a story and you have to involve recycling. I want you to write a short story about recycling. And I'm like, well, why would I want to, like, do that she goes write me a story write me a fun story it can be dra drama fantasy romance whatever write me a story and I remember producing um this story and then reading it through and going oh my god now I know what my ideas are. I could put them to paper I can start like writing them in an analytical way and I'm not saying that, that works for everyone but the fact that she was just able to see that this girl, Luce, she struggles with analytical skills. She's not an analytical girl, but I know that she thrives with writing and creative stuff. Let me get her to do that, get the ideas flowing, and then it'll make it easier for her. See, it's that simple. Like a lot of people think that when we say fostering creativity, like it has to be this big thing that you have to pull out, you know, paintbrushes and send your kid to art class. It's just about making things a little easier, especially um, for kids. It's just that making things easier um you know like it's and it's a lot like you know we give kids projects to do and they need like ten thousand materials and the kid doesn't remember how to get together the list of materials required like we give kids a lot to do and then they're not able to show their full potential so then we label them as well they didn't do the science project properly they didn't do the writing project properly well I guess they're a failure I guess they don't get it and it's just like ugh, it's very 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 frustrating um, and I think that if people just um, took more time to 
not not necessarily research ADHD, but just kind of take a moment to read a bit more on it. I think te teachers, educators would just be a bit more inclined and aware on how to be able to do this. So I think like the key takeaway that we have to have is that a lot of, you know, creative people have ADHD. Um, ADHD symptoms like impulsivity, risk-taking, ingenuity can lead to creative thinking and should be taken and made into creative thinking i think we should encourage those symptoms and those behaviors and make them into something uh not positive but creative because i hate to turn it into something positive but do so and i think if people with adhd are given the ability to follow through on ideas their creativity can flourish and they can create really really beautiful things like if you give a kid the opportunity to do things properly and give them the space or even not even a kid just an adult they will do phenomenal, amazing things. Look at Maria von Trapp. You put her in the position of governess and look at her. Like people use her as examples of being good babysitters or good like parents. Like, oh, that she's the Maria von Trapp of kids. Like she she flourishes. She's amazing. And, you know, there could be the argument, well, women aren't just good for babies. Yeah, we know. But in this particular role, she thrives. She's a singing governess. She put on a bloody puppet show and made clothes out of drapes. Yay. She wasn't fit for praying. She wasn't fit for being in the nunnery. Look, when you put them in a role that they flourish in and you let them do it and you stop giving them the side eye, we actually do okay for ourselves. Um, now to finish now to finish off, uh, there was this study, this really detailed study, and it was in the Journal of Creative Behaviour, which I love the title. Researchers asked 26 college students with ADHD and 26 without it, to perform two creativity tests. Um, so the first involved inventing and drawing and, and drawing alien fruit without copying those on earth. <laughs> Very specific. And students with ADHD were able to create more unique fruit. Similarly, when they were asked to invent product labels, those with ADHD were able to come up with less conventional names, um, which... Again, like, I love these studies. Like, I love the way they're like, yeah, we asked a bunch of normies and a bunch of ADHDs, and the ADHDs did well anyway. But that's a very interesting study, um, and I'll link it below. It's a very long one. It's a very interesting journal. They've got really fascinating stuff on art therapy and all the like. So if you're interested, make sure you check the listen notes. And furthermore, on another study, there was a 2011 one where 203 5- to 10-year-old children participated in a balloon analog risk task it's called the bard experiment and it was a computerized test where participants could blow up balloons one click at a time and each time a balloon was inflated the participants would earn money if however the balloon would pop participants would lose their earnings and researchers found that those with adhd pumped more than the control group meaning they took greater risk than those without adhd those so that article, that further, that study doesn't, it isn't the be all end all, but it shows that like people with ADHD, because we've got that risk factor, we're okay with pursuing unconventional ideas. Like we're not too fussed if something is strange, something is bizarre. That's why I think a lot of creative people, you know, who do music, their music isn't very conventional. It's very strange. Like a lot of artists, they do things that are different because I think there's that impulsivity. And obviously, you know, impulsivity can be a negative thing. But I think when it comes to um, 
in the creative world, I think it can be to, you know, one's benefit. Like I always try to think that Björk is ADHD just because she's so amazing. And because her music is so bizarre, I just feel like she is ADHD, but she's not. And we can't now start like labeling real life people as ADHD just because they um, are creative and because I am. Um, I I like them, but um, I think that uh, we need to see more, I keep saying it, we need to see more ADHD characters in media with explicit ADHD diagnoses because it's all in well to like create a Maria von Trapp or to create a Henrietta Hubbard or a Bart Simpson, but I think it needs to be explored better. Like I look at a show like Sex, Sex Education, right? And they've hit the bar on so many things, you know, dealing with mental health, sexuality, um, and all of that, which I love. I love the show, but like there could be an ADHD character on there. I just feel as if, if you're able to hit all the dots, all the checkpoints on diversity in that realm, I think we can start getting into diversity with people who are ADHD and autistic. Like very few, few shows deal with like, you know, autism and ADHD tastefully and are not walking stereotypes and while we might love you know the Sheldon Coopers of the world or like young Sheldon or the good doctor um and stuff like that or that character on Supernatural it, it can be you know there are aspects of it that are a bit old a bit problematic so it'd be really refreshing to see like a Maria Von Trapp revamped um, who's really cool. Like we could see a really creative singing, dancing gal. I don't know. I'm just putting forth ideas. The more and more I do episodes like this, the more and more I think, you know, Luce, why don't you just write your own script, um, with an ADHD character and you'll just be much happier. And I think, that, <laughs> I think that that's true. So, um, on that note, I want to hear your thoughts. First of all, do you think Maria Von Trapp is ADHD? If so, if yes, why? If no, why? Um, if you answered yes, do you think that she is a good or accurate representation of women with ADHD and do you appreciate the way in which creativity is shown in it? Um, obviously my answers to those questions are yes she's ADHD yes I love the representation I think it's lovely and it brings me joy and I think it explains why I would watch that movie on repeat and why I, I identified with her so much like I watched her in the convent and I'm like that's me at school like that is how they are with me at school if only I just was somewhere where it was okay to be like this I would be so happy. And when I watched her sing, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be like Maria. I want to be like good at what I do and sing and be charming. And yay, that's what we want children to feel when they watch TV. We want them to identify with the characters. That's nice. And I want to leave on a note. I read something interesting and it's all about like ADHD and creativity and, and using your ADHD to your advantage, especially when you're a young girl. Do not necessarily say deficit disorder because people it's a corrosive term right it's a corrosive name and it puts it in the realm of pathology or disease right we don't have a disease we don't have a deficit of attention what we do have is an abundance of attention and the challenging the challenges controlling it and I think that that is a really nice note to end on. You are not deficit in your attention. You are not deficit in your creativity, your kindness, your intelligence. You have an abundance of those things and you have an abundance of attention and you just have a hard time controlling and managing it. And I think that that's a lovely way to end this. I think Maria von Trapp didn't have a deficit in anything. She had abundant an abundance of energy, 
ideas, musicality, and she had a tired time controlling it. But when put in the right environment, she looked like a queen. So on that note, I would like to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Lucy Pod. I hope that you enjoyed. I will be continuing, of course, with my ADHD decoded series. Um, I just have to find more ADHD characters and they are few and far between um, and seldom known. So um, I will I will get there. I will continue to do these. Um, if you have suggestions of who you would like me to analyze, please, please share them, you know, in the comments, anywhere. And do not forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the Lucy Pod. And don't forget to listen and follow and rate me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take care, be safe, behave yourself, and have a great one. Love you all. Bye. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget the special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners where you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash the Lucy Pod.